Greetings, my fellow educators. Here in the States is the Thanksgiving holiday season. And I love Thanksgiving. I love the gratitude and the art of being thankful. And teacher and author Owen Griffith loves to talk about this topic as well. Uh, and what he does with his students is teach gratitude. Now, this is something that doesn't make a lot of teacher workshops, unfortunately, but I think you're going to find a lot of value in what Owen has to say. So let's get started. <laughs> about your background. Why teaching? How did you get into that? Well, out of college, I went to the business world. I worked for a company that transported things to Australia and New Zealand. I got into the food business. But I really wanted to make more impact on the world. My parents had always been into education and educators. One of my brothers is a high school teacher. And what really inspired me is my wife went back to school to become a nurse. And when I saw her doing that and just how she was lit up with learning all this stuff that she really wanted, and I had a friend of mine who um, was an art teacher, and she invited me into her classroom. And so at that point, I really knew that I wanted to be a teacher. When you first started getting into teaching, was it what you expected? How were those early years? Oh, that first year especially was really rough because I taught seventh grade science at an inner city school, and it was one of the most challenging things that I've ever done. I was waking up in the middle of the night, worried about stuff, and I just went in there every day, and I knew something would work out. And, you know, the miracles happened. There was a student at the beginning of the year, I would give him his assignment. He'd literally ball it up and throw it in the trash, and he was failing. And right before Christmas break, he started to really get interested. And not only did he get interested in science, but he started helping the other kids in the class out. What led to that transition? You know, I'm not really sure. And I met with some of his other teachers, and he went from failing to being a straight-A student. And none of us know the exact moment, but I remember my teacher training. They said, all it takes to change a student's life is the appropriate adult at the appropriate time. And I went to my mentor, and I said, this is great. This happens every year, right? And she goes, no, I've been teaching 12 years, and this has never happened. So, you know, although you're having a rough year and things aren't going exactly the way you wanted, look what you had. You've changed one kid's life. So I held on to that, and that really helped me through that time and see what, you know, teaching can do. We don't always see the seeds that we sow out there. But when you do see that, it really feels good. We probably have a lot of listeners who are maybe in their first year of teaching and struggling. What else got you through that first year that was so tough for you? I would take every opportunity to go sit in a veteran teacher's classroom. And sometimes just sitting there and seeing the way they have it set up, little things they do. I would try to pick at least three or four things out of each teacher, go try them. And if even one of them worked, that would help me you know, get through the next week. Uh, what kind of things do you remember picking up from those veteran teachers that helped you? A lot of it was the approach they had, the way they uh, did the little things, like everything from getting the kids to come in the class to leave the class. One teacher threw a ball around, and that got the kids just going. When they'd stand up and they get to an answer a science question and throw it to somebody else. I remember that was pretty big. One teacher liked to give firecracker where she'd have all the kids rub their hands together and count five, four, three, two, one, and then clap and you know, and it, it was just the little stuff that like that. I know for me coming across, and I know we'll get to it later, some of this research about some of the positive psychology stuff where they've actually done research where they find that if you're introducing this into your classroom, it changes the culture of your class and the way you teach. Let's get into that. I saw your blog entry. Why do people complain <laughs> so much? 
And the more direct question is, why do I still complain <laughs> sometimes? Tell me about negativity and complaining. Why do we complain so much, especially we as teachers? Well, I think teaching is a challenging job at the best of times. It seems to be getting harder every year in a lot of ways. I noticed there were teachers that just seemed to be in this kind of negative groove where that's all that would come out of their mouths. They'd be sitting in the teacher's lounge and that's all they could say. And then there were other teachers who seemed to be just taking it in stride and doing well. So I kind of observed that. And I saw that the teachers who seemed to complain, they would almost gravitate towards each other and get to that. And their classrooms, it can't help but trickle down to the students. And, you know, the student doesn't want to be in a classroom if the teacher doesn't want to be there too. But I was looking at some of these teachers who didn't complain so much, and it seemed like they focused on the good stuff that was going on. What is the difference between complaining and venting? Okay. I think that's a good distinction to make because we all, I think there's healthy venting. You have a rough day. You go home. I'll tell my wife, this was so tough today, and I can almost then let it go. Venting, you say it and you let it go, where complaining kind of feeds on itself. And there's almost like when two people are talking, I observe this where someone will complain. I have this awful student the other person, well, you think that's bad. I have, they're just really kind of piggybacking on each other. And by the time they leave, they don't want to go back to the classroom, Mm -hmm. you know, so there can be a healthy venting there and it's tough, but if you can really focus on something good, you know, that first year I was teaching, I had a principal and I was saying something about a student and she said, that student's actually a good student, but they just made a bad choice. That really changed the way I looked at that, you know? You wrote also, one powerful rule in your classroom is that no one, including you, is allowed to complain. I'd say, okay, guys, time for math. And a student would groan and go, oh. And just the energy level of the class then, everyone would kind of, this is a burden. And so I realized if you groan or if you say, oh, I don't want to do math today, if I hold that person accountable and say, okay, you got to say three good things about math, it really forces those students to see, oh, okay, well, math, this is going to help me in life. It's going to train my brain. Next time I go out to uh, the movie, I'll be able to use this skill. Turn the classroom into something positive like that. Because that bad attitude can be infectious. You oh, know, where one student complains and everybody else oh, wants yeah. to complain a little bit. You had the interesting story about your sister. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Certainly, yeah. I was driving with my sister one day, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I had complained about someone, and she said, you know, if somebody complains about somebody else who's not here to defend themselves, I make them say three good things about it. I just kind of laughed it off, and she said, no, say, say three good things. And it took me a while, but after I had said that, I felt better, and I realized how, you know, so many of us are even unaware of those habits we've got into. But, you know, if somebody does that, it's kind of like almost cleansing the palate, putting out something positive and something negative. What are some of the dangers of being the complaining teacher? Well, you definitely turn into a victim. If I am the victim of these awful students and my colleagues and the parents and my principal and the superintendent, I'm not going to have as much energy to go in there and teach or energy left at the end of the day to go have fun to whatever I want to do. It really does sap your energy and take away any of that stuff that you could give the kids and give the other people in your life. How else do you combat it as an educator? Well, I try to stay healthy, try to get to the gym, do all the physical stuff. But I actually, in the mornings, I try to like 
as I drive into school, I picture my classroom and I try to think about each kid and something positive about them. And I, I try to even be grateful for those kids who really challenge me. And I give the kids a challenge and I give my friends a challenge. I give other teachers this challenge of going 24 hours without complaining mm. where you, you take an index card and you go around and if you find yourself complaining, you write it down. Because what that does, it builds an awareness. You can never change any behavior unless you have some awareness of it. And the fun thing with the kids is a lot of them don't realize. And one of them was funny said, Mr. Griffith, I didn't realize how much my mom complained. So I've been telling her how much she complains. And I thought, wow, this is getting me into trouble. But the mom actually said this was a good exercise for the whole family. She didn't realize how she complained. So she actually took the challenge. And I tell them if they can go 24 hours, then you try to put that into 21 days. You know, and if you slip, you don't beat yourself up, but you just bring a, a new awareness to it and a new light to it. And complaining is just toxic for you as a person and for your students in your classroom environment in general. And if you don't enjoy what you do, especially with teaching, it just makes it that much more harder. And one of the ways you want to combat that is to do uh, gratitude journals. We start every day with that, and I start the school year with that. You know, I talk to the kids, I say, what do we control in life? And they try to think about it. And we say all the things we don't control first. You know, weather, we don't control other people's behaviors. But it comes down to a few words that start with A. We control our actions, our attitude, and our awareness. So I tell them, if we do control those things, our action, attitude, and awareness, what can we do to make all that more positive? Well, we can focus on the good things in life. You said gratitude's empowered you to teach more effectively. Uh, How so? Well, when I start that positive atmosphere with the kids and we're looking for the good things in life, it just seeps into every lesson. If we're studying science, we can see the good things that science brings us, social studies, math. We can see all that. You know, what you focus on in life grows. So if we're focusing, starting every day, writing down five gratitude. Thank you for another day of school. Thank you that my friends are here. Thank you that I get to learn. Thank you that I have enough to eat today. There's so many things that, you know, we take for granted. And if we're willing to take the time and really be appreciative of them, then that just is part of the education process. Do you run into the students who just sit there and have a hard time coming up with something? Well, what's nice is it kind of becomes competitive because I say if we have a 180-day school year and five a day, we can almost make it to 1,000. So I'm going to challenge you. One girl last year got to 1,000 before Christmas because she would take it around with her. They'd stop at a red light on the way home, and her mom start this thing. Every time they'd stop at a red light, she'd try to say a few things that she was grateful for. And so the kids who who might be like that, they do have a challenge, and it is a little bit hard for some of the kids because they've never thought like that. There's a positive peer pressure where the other kids are sharing. We'll go around the room and everyone will share their gratitude for that day. And once they learn some of these tools, like the gratitude list, it really helps them. And, you know, that natural love of learning, love of life, that friendliness, that generosity, that being in the moment the kids have, it shines through. You said gratitude helps you to appreciate your individual students. What do you mean by that? Well, I do that exercise where as I'm driving into school, I think about each each student and I try to think of something really positive about them because they all have that. And I find that then by the time I get there and they come into my class, I'm really appreciative of them. And they can tell that. Kids can tell that if we're authentically really appreciative that they're in our classroom or not. And you say gratitude helps you to grow in your profession. I do a gratitude list for being a teacher, especially those days that are tough because we all have those days that are tough. So I'll do a specific gratitude list. Thank you that I'm a teacher. Thank you that I'm learning. Thank you that I'm growing. Thank you for 
these things that challenge me, they help me grow. You know, that's really the advanced part of the gratitude list. And I tell the students that if you can really be grateful for the things in life that people look at as problems, like thank you for this person who is really challenging me because it's helping me grow in patience. It's helping me grow in tolerance. Thank you for the situation. Like I had this one student and she kept asking for more math problems at the beginning of the school year. So after a couple of weeks, I said, you love math. That's great. She goes, no, Mr. Griffith, math is my hardest subject. So I told myself, I'm going to be grateful that I have the opportunity to become better at math. So, you know, when you spark the kids and you start this gratitude, things like that happen where you see them, how they're ready to go out of their comfort zone because they know they have a safety net then. Interesting. The average adult has over 50,000 separate thoughts on a daily basis. Let's say, for example, hypothetically, you're working on a team of teachers and you're working with some negative, cynical teachers and you're trying to be more of the, the glasses half full, not right. half empty. Strategies that can help some of those teachers who want to show gratitude but have to work with negative teachers. Well, I think that if you can look try how to help other people, I'm always volunteering people who are, look like they're struggling and in that. I say, how can I help you out? And you'd be surprised sometimes how you can help those teachers out. I've challenged the teachers at my school to do gratitude lists, and some of them have done it. The ones who have done it have always benefited. You know, it seems like there's about two week or 21 day. If somebody does that gratitude list that long, they really reap the benefits. And once they feel that, they'll keep doing it. So when they see, oh, well, why am I tired? And why am I always dreading coming in here and all that? But you look like you have a smile on your face. A team member sees that, then they're going to be motivated to try some new things. What about an administrator? I think the same thing. Something. Yeah, I think it, administrators can can hook into that. You know, administrators have all our problems plus multitude more. So yes, indeed. So I presented the research that a couple of the professors have done. Now there's Dr. Emmons and Dr. Fro who I've looked at their stuff and they've gone in. They went into a sixth grade class and they had one sixth grade class do the gratitude list and another one just wrote whatever they wanted to and the last one did a complaint and. The group that did the gratitude list, they had better grades, they had higher goals, more satisfaction with life and their friends and family. And the interesting thing is they were less materialistic. Hmm. So there's all these benefits of gratitude is they're actually putting it to the test because it's intuitive thing, we know. But it's great that this whole area of positive psychology is now going into education and seeing that you know the kids who do this are going to want to give back more and not just get better grades. Why is it important to do an actual list instead of just being aware of gratitude? That's a good question because a lot of people say that. Why can't I just – and I think being aware of it is wonderful. But I know for myself until I started actually putting the list down, I've got a list now that's gone on for 14 years. I started it before I started teaching. And I keep it on my computer in a Word document. I've also heard people who on their iPhone, they'll put it under the notes section or there's some apps that you can actually use now or physically write it out. There's something about the willingness to do it and then see Seeing it there in front of you, that takes it to the next level of, you know, from awareness to that. I know my sister told me recently that she got in her car instead of turning on her iPhone or her radio, she just started doing, just talking, talking her gratitude list. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. You can have a gratitude buddy, send them an email or text, hey, I'm grateful for you today, I'm grateful for this stuff, and then have them send it back to you. There's lots of ways to kind of spark that. It's easy to say, well, I'm thankful for my health, I'm thankful for my job, I'm thankful for food and that sort of stuff. What about that really difficult student or you're in a really difficult position or a difficult classroom like your first year, what do you have to say to those teachers that face the challenge of looking at something very difficult that's 
maybe almost something that they hate and trying to turn that into a positive? And that's a great question because, you know, when you face that in the classroom, you know how debilitating and draining that mm-hmm. can be. But I think with the students, I try to find something positive and try to go back to that. This is a good student who just makes some bad choices. If I look at it as a growth opportunity, how can I grow? One of the questions I asked myself was, what am I supposed to be learning here? What am I supposed to be learning from this situation? And if I can get it down to that and get even the tiniest bit of gratitude, it takes a lot of that resistance and a lot of the suffering away. You know, that idea that there's going to be pain in life, but I don't have to suffer. And so I think it takes some of the unnecessary pain out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not giving so much energy to it, exactly. uh, to that particular problem. Because I want to clarify, too, that you do have problems and struggles. Oh, sure. Issues in the classroom, sure. for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenging job. One day, one of the students said, can we do the gratitude list now because we'll do it as a class. And I said, sure, that's so great. Why do you want to do it? And she looked at me and she said, because you look really stressed out today. It looks like you could use some gratitude, so sure. And it's great when my students call me on that, too. And once in a while, I'll complain, you know, and they'll say, you have to say three positive things. So (laughs) it's good that they keep me accountable, too, because... I need to be doing that stuff. And this is something that needs to be done on a daily basis, not just Thanksgiving time. Right. You know, which typically is when we do that, but right. on a daily basis. Yeah. Make it into a habit. You know, what you focus on in life grows. So if I'm going to practice that, it's like a muscle, they say. You know, if I go to the gym a couple times a year, a couple times a month, but if I go every day, I'm going to start seeing the benefits, you know, and I'm going to, in fact, miss it if I don't go. You got to be a teacher of the year. Congratulations at your school. Thank you. you. And you said this is a direct result of practicing gratitude in your life and in your classroom. Yeah, because uh, practicing the gratitude gives me much more energy and I get to be more positive. And what you give out, you know, you get back. So I get that from the students and from other people. And I think it keeps in perspective. You were saying earlier about those tough situations. It keeps it in perspective. Yeah, there's going to be tough things in life. That's just the nature of life. There's always going to be problems. So keep it in perspective. Try to see what's positive and you know, you never know what's going to happen. What are you grateful for as an educator? What are some of the <coughs> positive things that you see in your career? Uh, I have students now who are going off to college and they're still practicing gratitude. So I know that it's effective. It's, it's stuck with them and I see them volunteering I see them helping their families out. I see them going into careers that are more likely to help people than just go out for the money. So it's wonderful that I've taught long enough to where I can see some of these effects on those kids. Any other advice that you give for that discouraged teacher out there who may be, especially first-year teachers, we lose so many early on, especially within the first five years. Any other ways or to motivate them or encourage them words of wisdom you'd like to offer? Well, I've just been blogging really for these last three months and I have found some fantastic blogs. No matter what you're going through, it seems like there's a lot of stuff to look for online and keeping a sense of humor. I really tried to keep a good sense of humor that first year. Write down the funny stuff that happens in your classroom. That's the kind of stuff that can really get you through those rough times. One of the things I think is so valuable, it used to be as educators, they give you your room keys and you're pretty much left alone in the classroom to fend for yourself. Uh, nowadays, there's so many more tools for us to use and you know, getting in touch with educators like yourselves and, and blogs in general and growing as educators is really is a great time to be teaching, I think. Yeah. What is your blog address and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, if you go to my blog address, it's www.spiritually teaching.blogspot.com and on there you can find my email address and I would love to hear from anybody with feedback. Fantastic. Well, we're uh, glad to have teachers out there uh, like you finding success in what it is you're doing. So uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank you, Brian. It's been a pleasure being here. And I want to thank Mr. Owen Griffith for appearing on our show today and 
reminding us that it's good to help students cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Research shows that it's really good for our students and for us. Gratitude can help our students feel better about school, help us with classroom management for sure, and make us educators feel just a little less emotionally exhausted because all that negative energy and complaining that we often do uh, doesn't really change things, does it? On that note, I want to show some gratitude and thank you, the listeners, for tuning into our program today. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Thanks again for listening.